All right, here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. On my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. We got Mr. Illusions and AWOL here. Baby, Mr. Illusions is AWOL. Today on the Rock Metal Podcast, <laughs> we have Thieves of Liberty, and they've got a new EP called Yeah You, which was released just last year. Right now, I'm being joined by Sim. Share some more information about this EP, what the band's got coming up into the future, and what they've been up to this year. So, Sim, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, great it's to a pleasure have... to be here. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, big thanks to Dunk for connecting us. Dunk. Yes, Dunk McCarver. Great guy. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear. Is he Mr. Illusions or are you Mr. Illusions? Uh, well, Mr. Illusions is actually uh, the devil. So hopefully he's neither of us. <laughs> Carry on. So, is it a song about temptations? Is it a song about? Yes, a- very, yeah, very much so. So, it's um, our singer Lydia. She um, she had a dream um, that where where we would usually go, you know, out to bars and stuff um, in in our hometown. She had a dream that that was like all like everything was a little out of place, and then there was a new a new bar, um, and it was uh, and she went in, and it was somebody in there. Uh, offering people things, um, but there was like you know a price to pay for everything. Um, so it just kind of came that sort of idea came through with that, and it's all about how you know temptation can get you, but there's there's always consequences for it. So um, so yeah, we we sort of built it around that. That's a very vivid and specific dream. It really is, yeah. I'm not sure how much of it was the dream and how much of it sort of spawned out there, but I know for sure that she definitely had a dream that there was some very strange goings on in our in our neighbourhood, um, and she did not call the Ghostbusters, which I disagree with. But you know, <laughs> there it is. I know. And then you just you she told you about this dream, and you just looked at her and you said, "Yeah, you." <laughs> yeah, but yeah, pretty much. Um, the the yeah you comes from uh, one of our friends actually, the the guy who's on the cover. If you've seen the artwork, it's uh, just you know a very loud shirt he's wearing, um, and his finger guns pointing at the camera. Um, it just uh, every time we talk to him, I say hi, how are you? And his response is always yeah you, and uh, so that's that's sort of where that came from. Wow, and you know the interesting thing is, even though it is a simple cover, you mentioned he's wearing a loud shirt. The whole cover is loud because even though he's wearing a loud shirt, you don't give my eyes a rest from that because the background <laughs> is also. Yeah, we we wanted a you know that real like comic book style background. Um, we just thought you know our music we we like to try to be as fun as possible with our music, and so we wanted the background to, to reflect that. Um, and the best way we thought of doing that was you know loud shirt, fun guy on the front. Uh, not that everybody knows who he is, but, you know, it's it's just sort of a bit of fun for us. Uh, and then um, the, the the background itself, very comic-y. Um, and so we just thought, you know, let's make it bright, let's make it noticeable. Um, it would grab people's eyes uh, on the shelves. You get the attention. It's certainly yeah. something you want. Mm-hmm. Now... When it comes to music, when it comes to the music video for Mr. Illusions, I see that it's a live set. Is this one of the last shows you guys would have played? Um, yes. So um, 
that uh, that was recorded um, at a place called Independent, which is um, very very close to me. It's about a five minute walk from where I live, so it's our hometown um, headline show. Usually, when when we play in our hometown, it's usually there. Um, and it was, I believe, it was the show that was um, just before the tour we went on, uh, the Fireball tour last year. Uh, okay. Um, which was I don't know. Do you know anything about the Fireball tour? Um, I think there's there maybe a version of it in America too, but over here it, um, it's sort of um, Pumpkin Scar bands, um, different lineup every year. Um, and it's the guys from Fireball Whiskey, which I'm sure you'll be familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, it's the, the Fireball UK guys, um, they put together a show every year. Um, and we applied to be part of it um, in 2018. Um, and we got invited to a Battle of the Bands and we won that. And we got to play our local show, which was in uh, the O2 Academy in Newcastle, which is a really good venue in Newcastle. Um, playing the main stage in there alongside uh, Flogging Molly, The Bronx and Face to Face and then the band that had won the competition last year, uh, Lost in Serio they were there as well and so we played that show and then there was other shows around the UK, you know, London uh, Nottingham, Bristol places like that and each one had a local opener that was the same as us, they'd won their local battle of the bands and then they chose a winner from the, out of those local shows to play the whole tour the next year and we were very lucky to win that and so we played the whole tour uh, last year just um just after our album came out um or the ep sorry came out uh, and that was with um less than jake goldfinger and Sir ferris we played every night on the tour there which was, it was just so good like if if as a band to have a first tour you know we'd never toured before so to have a first tour to be that good was honestly such a good experience we're so lucky to have had that because a lot of up-and-coming bands might have, you know, a headline tour where they just go around the UK uh, into a few different cities and get a few local openers and get as many people down as they can, but the, the venues may not be the biggest or the crowds may not be the biggest, but for the Fireball Tour, this huge event to have been put on and for us to be the opening act for that was just so good. Yeah, and I wanted to kind of maybe unpack that a little bit more because I've, I've got a few questions about that. You know, Any bands listening in who may be or have some trepidation into getting involved into some of these contests. Um, there's quite a few, you know, out there now that are uh, remarkable opportunities for bands. Um, what was it like getting into the contest, going through the contest? What was it like winning? And uh, what? Actually, we'll start. We'll start there. I'll write down some of my other questions so I don't inundate you with too many questions. But let's start there. What was <laughs> That's it like? fine. Yeah. What was it like getting into the contest and going through the contest? How did your psychology change and evolve over that time? Yeah, so we um, the the initial sort of application was just a very standard. You know, there's a competition running. Just send us your music. Send us why you believe that you deserve to be here. So um, because they'd sort of set this up, the fireball to it to be you know very punk and scar based but with a very heavy element on fun um you know i thought to myself well you know the band itself we're not particularly punk but definitely not scar but people have described us as punk before because we have very energetic rock so i can kind of see the connection there so i thought well you know we may not be the perfect fit but we may as well apply anyway because the worst that can happen is to say no 
So we sent them the music, and then I just said in the I, I did the application because uh, usually Kieran, our guitarist, does that sort of thing behind the scenes, but he was away on holiday. So I took care of the application, and there was questions like, you know, uh, which band would you most like to enjoy a shot of Fireball whiskey with, and why are you the perfect openers? So I just sort of was very honest about everything and said, look, we our music we like to be as fun as we possibly can be, um, and we would bring the party from the first note to the last. You know, it's a, it would be a great way to start the night um, because we can um, we can just bring the fun from from the the off. You know, and uh, and that maybe was what grabbed them. You know, we sent some music as well alongside that, and they clearly liked that. So uh, we got the reply back saying we were at the Battle of Bands. So that was when you know the excitement started, but also the panic uh, because it started to be like, oh, okay, this could this could happen then because we we sort of applied and just we hoped we could get to be part of it, but we we never thought. It was a guaranteed thing for sure, you know. So, um, so the excitement kicked in, uh, and then we got to the Battle of the Bands, and luckily we'd had quite a few shows behind us. You know, we were we were a tight knit group, uh, and the the Battle of the Bands we had to do was just uh, everybody had three songs, and so we just picked our best three songs and just thought, you know, let's give them everything we've got, perform our hearts out, do what we can. Um, if it's not good enough, that's fine. Um, it's but as long as we've done our best, that's all we can ask for, and we do we do believe that our live show is our strongest aspect as well. So getting through to that stage based on our recorded music, we thought, oh, we can really give them a treat with our live show here. Yeah, well, I mean, you brought up something really interesting. There was, you know, we're a tight knit group. We had three songs. We're going to give them the best we got, and I think that is uh, flawless advice for you know any bands out there who are listening in and thinking about you know how to go ahead with stuff is. Yeah, your recordings can sound really good, but if you can't match your recordings live, then you're going to get found out pretty Absolutely. pretty quickly. You know, so it yeah. sounds like you when you say you're a tight knit group, it means you guys are practicing. You know, you know your set, you know your songs. When you have three songs to pick, you're not stressing out. You have a pretty good idea, I imagine, of what which those three songs are going to be. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, it, it obviously the more. The further we get on, and the more music we write, um, that that's where it starts to become okay. Which would the three songs be now? Um, but at the time um, when we we had a, a couple of less tunes uh, to choose from, um, that was um, that was a sort of a very easy choice for us at the time. Um, but you know, you, you sort of um, you you adapt um, and ideally, everybody in the band has the same sort of mindset of you know which songs are the best and which ones like aren't as good or for certain settings you know um if you if you wanted to play a show that had a bit of a lighter aspect to it you know you pick your lighter songs to show off because that's that's what they're looking for you know so um but the main thing is as long as you all are in agreement of what what's going to be your your best showcase for that sort of event you know um and maybe if the band themselves can't agree um Put a poll out on Facebook or Instagram or somewhere, and you know, ask your fans say which of which of our songs do you prefer. Uh, like, why why do you like this one over this one? Maybe, and or just ask your families and friends personally. Um, get that advice off people, um, and you know, take 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 what people say because at the end of the day, it's the fans that you're looking to to please. So tr- trust their judgment, you know. Yeah, something else I was just thinking off the cuff of that. Uh, is to to get the visceral response is to just have somebody somebody's girlfriend every 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 band has a drummer who has at least one girlfriend so have the girlfriend <laughs> film 
not with intent to make a video, but just film the band with an audience perspective, go through a set of a bunch of candidate songs and just actually watch the video, not for you guys, but for the crowd. Hey, the crowd yeah. went wild during that song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a, a, a really good way to do it, you know. Um, we, we wrote Mr. Illusions with the, um, the intent to have some crowd interaction in there, so that one was very much an obvious pick to sort of get people involved because there's nothing nothing worse than you know going to a gig to see a band you haven't seen before and not being able to feel like you're very involved in the music so when a band approaches and says right here's a part for you guys to sing along we're going to teach you how to do it and that you, you can get yourself involved um in in the show a little bit more and, and you know that can sometimes make people have a bit of a better time d- depending on what they're there to do so mm-hmm. my goodness gracious you bring up something else you are actually in the service industry the entertainment service industry are you <laughs> are you getting people in the crowd to forget that they have a nine to five absolutely that's you know that, that um i think that music is an escape for a lot of people you know um we live music that's it's it's what we do so for us it's a bit of a different prospect but you've always got to keep that sort of idea and that mindset you know if 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 you were a band and you wrote songs from the perspective of a band for other bands yeah your other musicians will probably love your music but if the audience can't connect to it then you, you've lost a, a big sort of section of potential fans there um so you've always got to kind of keep that in mind of you know who's this music for who's going to be listening what can they connect to and i think that's part of the reason why we try to keep our lyrics as much as there's, there's always something to be said in our songs, you know, the lyrical content, it's not, it's not just a bunch of words. It's always, it's always got a story. Um, but we, we don't try to be too heavy with our messages so much uh, because we don't like to alienate people from, oh, well, I didn't really enjoy that song because, you know, I, it, it kind of rocked, but then the lyrics just weren't anything I sort of knew about. I, I, I didn't connect with that at all. So we think if we can sort of have everybody have some loose connection to it, um, then, you know, it, it helps people to sort of, vibe with it more almost mm-hmm. I agree now one of my other questions because I didn't want to inundate you with too many so I wrote it down and it nicely connects to you know the fan base and the audience is from a purely selfish standpoint what did the tour do for you and what I mean by that is psychologically emotionally the old 90s term self esteem what did it do for you guys to be hanging out with Less Than Jake and Goldfinger what did it do for your fan base, what did it do for just in general? What did that tour do for you guys as musicians, you guys as a unit? So um, I think um, I would say that you know we, we were starting to sort of get a little bit um, sort of disillusioned almost um, with you know there was not not too many opportunities hitting us in the face at the time. Um, it had been a long time since we played the show and we hadn't heard anything and we you know so we just thought well you know it's, it's been a couple of months now it, it's probably not going to happen um, and then we got the message through from Fireball saying can we have a chat with you we'd like to talk and we just thought well, this, this has got to be it surely hasn't it so sure enough a couple of days later we all got together they gave us a ring um, we had like a, a video call with them and they just explained that we'd won and we, we couldn't believe it because you know like I say we we were we didn't feel like we were a perfect fit and there were a couple of bands who did seem like the perfect fit so that was a, an actual really good thing i believe because it showed that no, even though there were some bands that you might think okay these guys would work better on that show 
we must have been so good out and above, beyond the other bands. No disrespect to the other bands, of course, because there were some amazing bands playing there, but clearly there was just something about our show that they liked so much they thought, doesn't matter who else is on the lineup, these guys will be great. We want to have these guys on. So psychologically, we got a huge boost from that to think, you know, they believe in us so much that they're going to put us on at all these shows when there was nine other unbelievable artists to pick from. Um, any any of them would have been worthy winners of the, of the show. You know, there were, there were some really, really good bands um, that we were competing against to, to get on the show. Um, and then to actually be on the show itself, you know, we, I think we, looking back now, I think we would be a little more confident in ourselves in the sort of backstage areas, you know, going to chat to people because everybody's human, you know, and we, we sort of thought, well, we don't really want to bother these big musicians, you know, that they're not really interested in what we're going to do. But then, you know, a couple of nights in, we, you know, we, we really got on with, especially the guys from Save Ferris. Um, uh, they, they were just so friendly, welcome. Everybody was, but Save Ferris, a couple of the guys made time to actually come and come and speak to us rather than the other way around. And, and we had some great chats with those guys. And then, the, and, you know, after the first couple of nights, that was it. We were just great friends with them for the rest of the time. Um and then any time we saw or sort of got a chance to speak to anybody from Lessinger or Goldfinger as well, they were always really friendly. You know, I, I had a little chat with um, Mike Carrera, the bass player from uh, Goldfinger, who's also the, uh, the the front man of MXPX as well. Um, and, you know, we just, we just had a really nice chat. Uh, he was a really friendly, down-to-earth guy. And anybody we talked to was, you know... Um, and it was just a really good experience to have and it's just a little bit of a shame that we went in thinking are these guys just going to not want to be bothered by us because it turned out that actually they were more than happy to give us their time and, and speak to us and help us out um, and um, so that really helped us as well uh, because you know it showed us that we don't have to be if, if we're playing with these big artists we don't have to be scared you know if they don't want to talk they'll just they'll just tell you they'll say look we're tired or we've got stuff to do you know we're, we're preparing for the show or whatever Um and so we, next time we, we do something like this, we will we will try and put ourselves out there and, and make those connections. Um, you know, um, Moon from Goldfinger, the guitarist, uh, one of the guitarists, um, he, he came up to me in, in a, one of the bars that we were at afterwards and he said, look, I absolutely love you guys. My band, Greek Fire, that I'm the, the front man of, we want to come to the UK and I really want to have you guys on when we come. Would that be something you could do? And we were just like, whoa, yeah, sure. Like, please, you know, that these are exactly the sort of things we'd love to be able to do. And for him to ask us rather than the other way around, it just shows that it's actually something that they want to happen because, you know, you could ask somebody, oh, oh can, can we do the show with you guys? And yeah, 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 sure, whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll sort that out. And it may never happen because they're just trying to be polite or, you know, just not outwardly just say, no, we, we don't want it to happen. But for them to come to us and say, can we do this for you guys? That that's something that really, like, you can't feel anything but validation and you know, like, very excited, excited from somebody that from that sort of line coming to you and saying, I really like you guys. You guys are really good. Can we do something again sometime? Because it it shows you that we are some someone to contend with. You know, so. Um, it's just all all good. Mm-hmm. You guys are a tight knit group. I don't know if you you've ever heard that or not, but you guys are uh, you guys are a tight knit group. Yeah, yeah. I think um, <laughs> that's uh, it's something we uh, we always strive to be as good as we can um, when we go out and play because um, 
if you if you buy somebody's CD because you like the sound of the band, then you go and see them live. You know, you already touched on this. If if you don't if you don't match that level live, it, it can be a bit of a disappointing experience. And we feel for us, it's almost the other way around. Um, that we we really want to try and capture our live sound in our recordings if we can, you know, without it obviously coming out to sound like it's been just a live thing. Because then you know, just come and check out our shows. But um, if we could somehow get that sort of that vibe that we get live, if we can get that energy in the studio, uh, you know, that that's where we think we'll really stri- strike gold to be able to show people this is what we can do, this is what we sound like. And then when they come and see us live, think, are these guys for real? Hopefully they can come away thinking, yeah, those guys really are for real. So, mm-hmm. Well, hopefully you guys find that producer because I know that's a, a big thing for a lot of bands. And here in Canada locally, I've been able to help the occasional band get that sound. It's not easy uh, to, to get the live sound in the studio setting, but... Um, uh, hopefully you guys end up finding a producer who's able to to make that happen for you guys. Now, um, so as of late, a remastered version of AWOL is available. And I guess as we start coming towards the end of our interview here, I guess my big honking question is, you know, all things considered, um, what should we maybe expect from Thieves of Liberty since this year maybe didn't turn out exactly the momentum from the tour where, you know, you're making all these connections, 2020 probably felt like a want-want. So I guess my question is, what 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 is the use of Liberty up to for, you know, for now? Yeah, so um, you're very, very correct about that. You know, we had all this momentum behind us and then suddenly everything happened and it's just all gone. Um, but we're, we actually have picked up some management, um, which has helped us build that momentum back up a little bit. We've got a very ambitious project that we're part of. Um, called the Forge Ahead Initiative, um, which I don't know if you'll know anything about. Dunk may have mentioned it because he's involved. Um, but basically, they're getting 10 young bands that they really believe in. Um, the project officially starts in April next year, runs till May 2022. And they just want to try and get the, these bands where they believe they belong and just all of us together, doing certain gigs together, doing certain gigs separately in our own um, our, our own hometown, etc., um, and and we're really excited for that to start happening. You know, we, we've got a lot already. You know, Dunk helping us get so much radio play from um, from this. I mean, we wouldn't be talking right now if it wasn't for Forge Ahead Initiative because they've got in touch with Dunk. Dunk has then got in touch back with us to say, look, we've got podcasts, we've got radio shows. What do you want to do? You know, um, so the future for us is looking. The Forge Ahead Initiative should be really good for us. And in terms of new music, we're starting to get some demos down to hopefully look to get to put together a new ep um and just whenever we can maybe get in the studio we'll release probably a single as soon as we can and then after that um maybe another single and then the rest of the ep or perhaps the ep and then do maybe like a video with a single afterwards we'll we'll just have to see how things go but you know new music is definitely something we're we're really interested in doing because it's been been a year now since we did um yeah you but that's it was just so out of our hands um Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I, maybe it's because I'm Canadian and I'm old, but I thought of the Bare Naked Ladies for some reason in the middle of all that. It's been... <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been it's been one year, not one week, unfortunately, <laughs> one year since, uh, since, since we've been able to do much. But, um, yeah. but yes, I, I'm aware it's seven o'clock here, so that means um, 
I guess uh, it's about time for you to wrap up, unfortunately. Um, yeah, you turn into a pumpkin. Or one of us turns into a pumpkin. Uh, probably me, yeah. Um, sure. I mean, well, actually, where, somewhere, somewhere it'll be midnight somewhere, and that, that'll be, everyone will be turning pumpkins over there. Exactly, especially this time of the year. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I've been told I talk far too much, but hopefully I talk just about enough for an interview. Uh, so <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs>